Welcome to Amusement Sparks, the amateur theme park design podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Spawn. We don't own the rights to any of these media properties, we're just using them for inspiration for our imaginary parks. One of the main objectives of this show is to prove that anyone can use their imagination to come up with something kind of cool, so even amateurs can be very successful. If you're interested in joining the team or potentially being on an episode someday, uh, we would love to hear your ideas. Please head on over to our Facebook page or our subreddit. Enjoy the show! Alright, so this week on Amusement Sparks, my guest is Gary Lane of Saturday Morning Rewind, which is a podcast uh, that is really awesome, especially for those of us who like cartoons and you know just animation in general. Gary, uh, what do you want to do today? Well, I want to talk about cartoons. Awesome, me too. <laughs> it's, it's what I do every time I go on a show, pretty much. But uh, more specifically, uh, a theme park based around the idea of the Disney afternoon. Excellent. And so that was like the animation block. What Did it start in the early 90s, like 90, 90 I think? Yeah, the, it's, a little, it's a little questionable at times because uh-huh. like some of the shows that aired, especially in the first season, were started in the mid-80s. Right. But they actually became an afternoon block in 1991, I believe. Okay, cool. And, and those series, when they originally aired like in the late 80s, were they on Disney Channel? Was Disney Channel a thing back then? I don't know. I'm a little too young to actually remember whenever, what channel Gummy Bears first aired on. Right. But I know that I saw it on ABC. Yeah, and that's a Disney-owned network, so I guess that would make sense. If they didn't have Disney Channel yet, let's let's throw it on ABC. So, exactly, okay, maybe yeah. that was it. I mean, I guess this is all Googleable stuff, but <laughs> just so, like, so I can wrap my head around it a little bit. That's awesome. And the, the animation block was like a two-hour block for the most part, right? And yep. it ran for several years, like throughout the up to the mid-90s. I remember it from my childhood, um, definitely. Like, that was a, a cool block in a lot of those shows I was really into, especially when I was really young. Um, yeah, nice to come home from school and have that as an option. Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> so the specific shows, I think, yeah, you said Gummy Bears was one of the like the main early ones. Uh, yep. DuckTales, Chippendale, um, Darkwing Duck. Yeah. Are there other ones you wanted to include in this theme park? Um, I, I, I have a couple of just quick jots of uh notes mm-hmm. i don't know if i don't know if jots works as a singular term but, i kind of like or, it though jots. in that sense yeah <laughs> it's invo- evocative i like it exactly yeah so i i, I, <laughs> I scribbled down a few notes for stuff even up to mighty ducks which was i think the last official oh, disney man. afternoon thing yeah. so i don't even know if that's canon technically right. but i think so mighty ducks had some some really cool action figures i can remember from when i was a kid that's all i remember about that show, <laughs> yeah <laughs> So I've got a an idea for like a warm up. This is like just a creativity exercise. Um, I'm tentatively calling this the tornado. It's like a toy <laughs> tornado. And I basically, like I've created two lists. One is a bunch of adjectives that apply to toys that you'll see throughout toy stores, and then the other one is just a list of types of toys. So mashing those two things up and randomly generating a combination. Our first option here for the, our design project is an LED screen fashion doll. 
<laughs> so I'm not I'm not sure if that means it is a screen and it's like it's like a paper doll but in a digital age so you can import you know images to put on the clothes or if it's like the doll has a screen on it but I feel like that's not as fun or useful. That feels Barbie. very 90s. Yeah, that like. does. Yeah, let's let's slap a screen on that. Yeah. <laughs> uh it's it's actually funny that that random thing came up because I saw that they were doing some sort of digitally faced Barbie or something wow. along those lines. Oh, like that kind of um, projection technology that they use in the Disney parks sometimes. I think that could I, be cool. I think so. Yeah, I I don't know any details, but yeah. I saw that there was some sort of new age Barbie happening oh, from Mattel. That actually sounds really cool because, like, even you know, in the '90s they had like um, I had like this robot cat that like its its face was just a very simple screen and it could like light up and change its emotions. But applying yep. that to a, a doll would be kind of cool. Like, you know, you could see the emotions and kind of make it more interactive. Mm-hmm. I could definitely see that see that being the future of, like, little kids' dolls as well. Like, um, you know how you, they always try to make them, like, more realistic where they have to, like, go to the bathroom and you have to feed them and all that stuff? It's like, right. what, if, what if they actually, like, had a face for, like, you know, I'm sad? Or yeah. oh, that would be really annoying though, because then it's starting to get to, like a real baby. <laughs> like this thing has <laughs> needs, and it's not shy about telling me about the needs. Oh, that's, that's true. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't know. I, I like the idea that you said originally, though the paper dolls concept. That's yeah. That's kind of cool. I mean, it's still something that I think people are interested in, but it's like a very niche audience. Yeah. I, I feel like making it digital would really expand it to the yeah. new generation. And I'm thinking you could make it a 3D thing as well, so you could, you know, kind of rotate the, the character around. I guess this would just be a website. It doesn't need to be like a toy that you buy. Um, right. But that could be kind of cool. I'm I'm taking a, a 3D modeling class right now, and so I'm really into, like, you know, kind of looking at things from a two-dimensional screen, but they actually represent a three-dimensional object, and kind of that interplay right. is really fun to kind of wrap your head around. And so that'd be kind of interesting if you're just, I mean... This isn't exactly a, a type of toy I'm super familiar with, but I'm imagining that they usually target, you know, people who want to design fashions and that kind of thing, like come up mm-hmm. with their own outfits. And you could definitely do that in this kind of thing. If it's an LED, if it's a screen, you know, like a website and you can turn the character around and like look at them from different angles and maybe change your lighting settings. Yeah. Oh, man, that sounds kind of cool. And it could almost be just an intro to not only like fashion design, but also 3D modeling, like. How do For they make sure. how do they make characters in Pixar movies look so cool? Yeah, they could, yeah. Wow, it's almost got like educational content there as well. I think I think uh, the people at Project Runway should listen to this podcast <laughs> and <laughs> make yeah, well, this. Even if it's just an app based game, like something about it could could really work. I think. Yeah, and I, I do think that we're kind of reaching a new audience with this like five minute segment <laughs> that's never really right? cared about this show before. Fascinating. Um, this the second item on our list. Uh, I'm just gonna do two. I think we'll see how it goes. But it is a remote controlled building toy. <laughs> so, so like Lego, but remote controlled. Mm-hmm. Wow. What, um, are your, <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? Uh, okay, so once again, I'm basing off something I'm familiar with in real life. Mm-hmm. Uh, back whenever I was a kid, they had. I forget what they were, but you go to like the smart toy stores, not so much the Toys R Us's or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they had those little building sets with little remote control vehicles and little ball things that you could like kind of weave through the structure of it. Wow. And and I can't think of what they're called though. They were kind of so really the, big for about a year. <laughs> is the ball remote controlled? No, no. It's it's like uh it's essentially like a construction thing that you uh-huh. sort of build up. Yeah. And 
and uh, the little vehicles, like you've got a dump truck and you've got conveyor belts and stuff, and you control them oh. with different buttons on this controller. That looked, sounds familiar. Yeah, it looked like a Sega Dreamcast controller, basically. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was it was kind of a neat little thing that was everywhere for about a year and a half and then gone. Yeah, so. it sounds like a, a concept that could could keep going like building toys like lego is you know huge right now and like has been for 50 years or whatever but i think that adding some some modern technology that would be pretty cool whether Mm -hmm. it's through you know kind of you can control the ways that certain parts of them move or if it's the thing itself is remote control like there's a remote control car base and then you build the car on top of it i think that's kind of a cop-out that's not that interesting but but yeah your idea like the thing that you had whatever that toy was called where you, yeah. can, you can kind of like build a factory or like a chase scene action set and then right. use different buttons to control like a conveyor belt going this way and an elevator going up. And yeah, that yeah. sounds awesome, man. And that's definitely something I could see being on like Kickstarter, like uh-huh. um, people, you know, raising funds for this, this kind of like maker slash DIY kind of mindset interpretation of what a Lego building toy kind of is. Yeah, yeah, wow. I can dig that. That one worked out as well. There we go. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, that that was a fun little warm up. Thank you for for uh, going with me on that random little journey. I enjoyed it. No, that's fun. You could almost do a whole podcast based yeah, on yeah. this. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe we'll do a spin off eventually. We'll see. There you go. <laughs> Let's get into it. Um, All right, we're gonna do a Disney afternoon theme park. Stories to share all through the forest. They sing out in chorus, marching along as their song fills the air. Gummy bears bouncing here and there and everywhere. Gummy bears, I mean, is is so it's different. Yeah, I could not come up with much for it. (laughs) Yeah, um, that one really captured my imagination. I had not seen gummy bears since I was a kid. and like the other ones I've revisited, like, oh, you know, during high school or college or whatever, I'd like look them up and be like, I wonder if that show's any good. But Gummy Bears, I had totally forgotten about until we started talking about this episode. Um, right. I had a couple of ideas for it because I watched, I don't know, four or five episodes of it. Um, just the the like lore of that world is really interesting to me. It's almost like a fantasy world, but yep. with anthropomorphic bears. But there's also still humans and it's got a lot of like a lot of interesting design elements. It almost reminds me of um, Hearthstone, like World of Warcraft kind of style where it's like fantasy, but there's like some kind of technology elements. And it just kind of seems like ancient technology. And that's yeah. like pretty much the world of gummy bears as goofy and as like unexpected as that is. Um, they had some really interesting, like ancient technology. They have like a flying machine, um, which <laughs> yeah. is almost, you know, like that kind of uh, Da Vinci kind of design always like catches my imagination where it's like, what if they had these advanced technological things, you know, way back in this this other era where the building materials would have been different and just kind of it, it just seemed way more magical back then. Like things now are it's it's all based in science. Whereas yeah. in this world, like they don't necessarily know that. There's like, well, if we put enough gummy berry juice into this, it'll work. <laughs> it's a lot more magical. Kind of like a steampunk setting without robots and the old west. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. That's that's very true. Um and this, they they have this system of uh, of tunnels called the quick tunnels. I think they were called that yeah. they used to like transport around. And I was like, that's just pretty much a roller coaster. Like, it's <laughs> it's this like amazing network of high speed tunnels. Basically, I think you just sit in them like like it's a tube slide, 
mm-hmm. you just like quickly travel across this whole, you know, this whole area that they have access to. So I think that I would like be that. a pretty easy roller coaster. But yeah, I don't know if there's that much depth to this as far as creating like an immersive park. You know, there's a lot of cool stuff to look at and we could do yeah. a couple of different vehicles. Like I know there was an episode with a submarine, there's a right. flying machine, but I do think the overall like appeal, like the visual design of the park would be really cool. I just don't know what all, like, attractions we would want to put in there necessarily. Yeah, I I get it. I mean, like, I think that sort of like Mickey's Toontown in, in Disneyland, mm-hmm. it could just sort of be the layout. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to have too many specific rides. You could walk through the castle. It could have a lot of walkthrough potential, essentially. Yeah, I agree completely with that. That's an awesome, awesome idea. Yeah. Um, and another thing I noticed... Um, is his name Zummy Gummy or Zoomy Gummy? I think it's Zummy. Uh, I think it's Zummy because everything else rhymes. <laughs> he always used like spoonerisms. Like he'd mix up the first letters. So like instead of saying gummy bears, he'd call it bummy gears. Like he always <laughs> right. mixed up the first letters. And I was like, that'd be kind of funny if like some of the names of the roller coasters, you would just like mix the name, the first, you know, switch the first letter of each word around. Oh yeah. 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 So I don't I know. Like instead that. of a, a flying ship, it'd be a, a sighing flip or something like that. And he'd be like, <laughs> Because that was, like, his main character trait, is that he, like, stumbles over his words. Like, right. I mean, he's a nice guy and everything, but, like, that's the one thing you, that he needs to be in the episode for. Like, oh, let's let's have this guy say something wrong. That'll be yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just I just sort of had an idea. Maybe uh, call it Gummy Berry Bouncers. Cool. And just sort of have, like, a either trampoline parks are all the rage right now. Absolutely. Or have one of those old school uh, bungee jump type yeah. things. Right, where you can uh, do flips and, yeah. Oh, that'd yeah, be awesome. Yeah. I like that a lot because when they in this in the in canon, um, they drink this stuff called gummy berry juice, which I don't yeah. really want to know where that comes from. I, I guess gummy <laughs> berry, not gummy bears, right? Yeah, right, okay. right. Okay, um, <laughs> so they drink this gummy berry juice, and then they can like jump like Superman, like just mm-hmm. jump insanely high. Um, and yeah, that'd be really cool. Yeah. So we could just sell gummy berry juice as you know just the the drink choice within the park, and there's different flavors maybe, and then yep. there's you know, this big old bounce zone where there, there could be both, you know, trampoline parks, but then there's also a, a harnessed like bungee type area. Right. And there could even be some like thrills, you know, a lot of theme parks have the like slingshot kinds of things where it's, it's about, you know, still using (laughs) the same concepts of like a bungee system Mm -hmm. where they, you know, yank you up into the air, but they just do it insanely fast. Yeah. I've always (laughs) wanted to try one of those, but I'm a little scared. They are thrilling. Like it, it makes, (laughs) it makes you feel like you're flying like, a fighter jet or something like it's just insanely fast um right i think it was i've been skydiving and i've been on that and i honestly think i would do that again because it's it costs like you know a sixth as much as skydiving and it's almost the same level of thrill um huh. with a little bit more safety involved <laughs> right. so yeah it's it's definitely worth it um it's it's one of my favorite thrills it's a really short you know burst of of excitement but it's it's really exciting yeah. <laughs> cool. So I think that the the kind of overall world of this, you know, the kind of fantasy anthropomorphic animal uh, mm-hmm. thing is going to be vis- very visually appealing. And then, I think so. But yeah, I, I agree. And I think that the art style of the rest of these that we're going to be going over is very similar. And Gummy Bears is a little bit different because it's a little bit earlier. Like it's kind of a predecessor to the rest of this Disney yeah. Afternoon block. Um so the other ones I think will translate or like transition really smoothly. And this one might be the only one that's a little bit weird, 
But I think mm-hmm. we can just kind of like put it in the woods. Like, you know, there's uh, some just generic wooded areas that are the transition. So when you're leaving uh, Gummy Glen, like the area where they live, you know, you just yeah. walk through some woods and then you can just kind of be in the next town over, you know, St. Canard or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I really like that you you had we have basically the same idea here. Like yeah. these these character settings are so interesting, we mm-hmm. might as well just use them. I mean. Oh, absolutely! They are absolutely <laughs> fascinating, and that's something that I think really adds to theming. Really, not not easily, but very solidly. It's mm-hmm. always a good idea, I think, in theme parks to just kind of go all the way in with, even if it's just like the the outer walls, like the or the inner walls of the park, make them look like something other than just a wall. Yes. Um, yeah, I think that's that adds a lot to the immersion factor. If everywhere you can see, it feels like you're in Gummy Glen. You, know? <laughs> right? you don't have to actually believe it, but having being fully immersed like that, physically immersed, it's like wow, this is this is themed. It really gets you right in the yeah the thing. Well, I mean, not to bring it up again, but like one of my favorite parts of Disneyland is Mickey's Toontown because yeah. it just feels like you're in Roger Rabbit or something, right? Uh, which is so cool. It is so cool. Yeah, you're totally right. Whereas a lot of the other lands. They have a lot of themed attractions, but the overall mm-hmm. experience is like, I'm in an amusement park, you know? Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. That's yeah. awesome. Um, sweet. Is there anything else you'd like to add for, for gummy bears? Not immediately, but mm-hmm. I, my, the way my brain works, something might pop up. <laughs> awesome. I like that. That's, that's really good. Um, cool. So, Chippendale Rescue Rangers... Chippendale, you know, everyone knows Chippendale, but in this series, they are detectives. Right. Um, and from a lot of the, like, branding, it seems almost like um, The Rescuers, mm-hmm. the, that movie, um, it, but but they're really just detectives. Um, yeah. So I think that doing kind of a, a detective-y kind of mystery-solving thing could be really cool if the, the park guest gets to be involved with solving some of these, you know, really small mysteries and i don't know if if we make the everything really huge so it feels like your chip and dale size or Uh if you've got really tiny chip and dale characters running around like animatronic but i think that'd be harder to do yeah i I love the first idea Mm -hmm. because i've always been a sucker for big environments like that you know oh yeah that's a cool experience as well it's kind of like a a real version of clue or something Mm -hmm. just without murder (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's still clues you still yeah try to track yeah. it down and and it's kind of similar to things that we did in the the batman episode and the scooby-doo episode where you're like mm-hmm. trying to suss out what, what what do these clues mean how can i use this to solve this overall mystery that'd be right. fun and having it more more family friendly and more brightly colored at the mm-hmm. chippendale park would be really cool yeah yeah and mm-hmm. you could have like monterey jack like burst through the wall like a giant animatronic version of him bust through yeah. the wall smelling cheese or something you know it's <laughs> There's a lot of neat ideas for this. Right. And I, I think just going through and watching the, the shows to see all those like little exciting, um, not necessarily tropes, but like exciting action scenes that happen and mm-hmm. then trying to replicate those with specific little attractions would be really cool. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, did you ever play the video game for that? Um, no, I've seen gameplay of it, but I haven't played it firsthand. It's frustratingly was it difficult. But was it's it such Super a... Nintendo? Regular Nintendo? Regular, regular. regular. Cool. 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun, though, just kind of, like I said, you, you play these my size characters running around houses and things like that. I've uh-huh. always been a sucker for that sort of thing. Yeah. So to experience that in real life would be mind-boggling. That'd be really cool, too. And, and going to the video games for inspiration, like if you know there's one level that's a really captivating concept, we could try to replicate that. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, like I, I, I specifically remember there's a kitchen base level. So mm-hmm. you're running and jumping along the drawers and across oh, the sink and dodging the stove, throwing <laughs> hot water out of the pots and stuff. Wow. That could be Pretty a cool uh, a playground kind of thing also. Yeah. Like a yeah. ropes course. Ropes courses are super, super fun. Like, yeah. Um, and they can be for young, you know, young people or adults. Um, mm-hmm. There's some kind of like high thrills ones. But basically, if anyone's not familiar with ropes courses, it's it's like an obstacle course, but you're like clipped into a, a harness with like a rope going over your head the whole time. So if you fall off, you're not going to fall like the 20 or 10 feet to the ground. Cause usually these can be high up in the air and yeah. they'll stack multiple courses on top of each other. So there's one close to the ground for people who don't have, you know, who are afraid of heights or whatever. And then you try to get across these, the series of like ropes. And that might be using like a Tarzan style, like rope swing, or you have to step on these like shaky little platforms and, all those kinds of like things you kind of see those replicated in regular playgrounds pretty often, but these are like those to the nth degree, and you can do yeah, like I said, multiple stories of them. And so yep. doing that themed like a, a kitchen or something would be pretty exciting. Where it's it's almost like a a ninja warrior course or something, but instead <laughs> right. of just being like abstract, like grab onto this log and hang on to it, it's like this is a rolling pin, and like you grab onto yeah. this thing to get across the sink or whatever. That, that could be, be fun. that'd be really fun to like to d- design that out and kind of translate a, a video game like a platformer video game into a mm-hmm. essentially side-scrolling uh ropes course that could be it would be fun well yeah i mean you you essentially you didn't do ropes course i don't think but no. you've already tackled video games right right uh, that's true <laughs> we this would be the first ropes course but i i do absolutely love those um mm-hmm. just as as like an evolution of a uh, regular playground i don't know about when you were growing up but whenever i was a kid there was a place called discovery zone oh yeah yeah, and, yeah, a giant indoor playground. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And I think these ropes courses are as close as we get to that these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, DZ was a cool thing, and it was always a series of. It's, it's almost like a McDonald's like playland, play place thing. Yeah. But just way, way cooler. And there were um, mesh like net things going a- across. Like it was basically yeah. like an overpass. Like you'd be walking to your table to like eat food, and then there's like a bunch of kids crawling overhead across this <laughs> tube. Yeah, that, yes. was, that was really cool, but it just seemed a little like sketchy because like there was just no adult supervision up there. Like it's just kids that's, crawling around in tubes. That's probably why they're not open anymore. <laughs> right? Yeah, and the ball pits were always people were like barfing in those, and yeah, oh yeah. But I like I like the ropes course one. It's a lot more of an individual activity, and like the big kids aren't going to be knocking you over because <laughs> you can kind of go at your own pace. Exactly. Yeah. And, and the thing that's great about rope courses is, and, and like Discovery Zone in general, mm-hmm. you're having fun, but you're also getting pretty good exercise. A ton in the of exercise. Yeah. And part of that's because you're in a plastic room. <laughs> like, yes. there's no <laughs> ventilation or anything. It's just, yeah. Yeah. That was a cool experience for me as a kid. Like, that's, I definitely remember what it feels like to go across those like mesh tube things. So the gummy bears, how tall were they compared to the humans? Were they like, half human height uh i think so i don't particularly remember them interacting like with a kid standing right next to each other um yeah i think they were just a little bit shorter than the kid who i think was maybe nine or ten uh-huh okay cool 
So they're not Basically. nearly as small as Chip and Dale would be. No, no. Yeah, so we're going to have to do some kind of shrinking process to our park guests as they walk from one <laughs> to the other. Which, that could be interesting if, like we said, we got that transition of just like a wooded area. So uh-huh. maybe, you know, the trees start out at a certain scale, and then the further you walk, the trees start getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And so it almost Ooh. feels like you're getting smaller. It'd be, you know, it'd be hard logistically to make that actually believable, but it'd be kind of cool, <laughs> if, especially if you make the uh, pathway kind of winding. So it's yeah, not like you yeah. can just see a point of reference, like, oh, there's uh, this building, like, I see how big it is from here. It's mm-hmm. like you're just going through this winding path and the trees keep getting bigger and bigger. That that might actually work. And like the uh, yeah. you can start seeing like I don't know, if we're if it's like a gravel um ground, like when you're walking it's just gravel and then the rocks start getting bigger over time as well, until eventually mm-hmm. it's just like there's just huge rocks that you're walking on. That could be <laughs> and really blades of grass. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah, blades of grass would really add a nice level level of detail there. And flowers mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. That could okay, cool. All right, well that that works. Check. I like that. <laughs> so we got the... The, the the other option, and this is jumping ahead a little bit, but yeah. there's an episode of Ducktales where they get shrunk down. Oh, cool! Wow, <laughs> so yeah, like it would be cool if somehow maybe the Rescue Rangers world was attached to mm-hmm. the Micro Ducks area. Micro Ducks, that sounds awesome. <laughs> I want to check that episode out. That sounds fun. Yeah, I, just like you, I was I was always interested in like the, when you like shrink down and have to climb on stuff, even mm-hmm. like the. Um, the Rugrats video game I had for Game Boy, like yep. there was a level where you're just like climbing through, you know, everything's just like way too big. Like it wasn't drawn to scale, but it was like fun to just climb on these everyday objects. Um, mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, this is one of my other like uh, imagination games I've been playing recently is if I was six inches tall in this room and I had to get to the ceiling from the floor, how would I do it? Like what objects <laughs> can I move around in this room to a, a, get to a point where I could eventually like shimmy and climb my way up borrowers style to get oh, all the way wow. to the ceiling. And that's a fun imagination game. Depending on what room you're in, it can be like almost impossible, but then you're like, Oh, there's a broom. Oh my God. I could get the broom to like lean against this and climb up that. It's a fun, fun little brainstorming game. That is cool. I, I think, I think I did things like that a lot whenever I was younger in church. Uh-huh. Like yeah, right. I was trying to distract myself somewhat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I used to do that when my parents were driving. I'd be looking out the window, imagining that I was like running alongside or like yep. s- like skateboarding on a hoverboard. And, like, what could, what would <laughs> I be too. doing if I was out there? <laughs> <That's what. laughs> Sometimes I'd take Hot Wheels and pretend like I was like oh. I'd hold it up in front of my vision yeah. and pretend like I was driving. That's the car. really cool. I I just <laughs> saw on uh, Instagram yesterday actually someone had made Mario Kart characters like the the vehicles the carts and everything and uh-huh. st- like stuck them to their car window and then they just took a video out out their car window of all these like you know mario kart characters driving oh, on cool. the road next to them it was really cool <laughs> i was like that that would be really fun for you know putting the back seat for the kids or something it sounds awesome yeah absolutely that's cool <laughs> cool well excellent so the shrinking episode what what uh caused the shrinkage uh, I believe it's been a while since I've seen it, but mm-hmm. I believe that uh, Gyro Gearloose was making a shrinking ray, and then okay. the kids accidentally get shrunk down. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, that would be uh, that could be one possibility of like trying to get from one of these parks to another one is have that maybe at at the entrance and the exit to mm-hmm. to the you know small areas there is yep. one attraction you have to go through to get to the next land. And yeah. it's just, you know, either the end of that episode, however they got back to normal size, or the beginning of that episode, however they shrank, yeah. could just be reenacted in, like, you know, a quick little five-minute 3D theater or 4D theater kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That, oh, that'd be neat. Yeah. That would be cool. And even even you could do a roller coaster. Um, 
that's just a quick little transition. Like, oh, you're big again. Here you go. Keep walking. Right. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Spin it. Let's begin it. Tailspin was the next one. Um, this one I, I super remember very vividly because I, I was a little bit older, I think, when I started watching Tailspin. Um, uh-huh. And I, I used to write uh, an, an animation blog a while ago just to, just researching various topics because I found myself, like, several times a week going d- d- down, like, deep in these wiki holes of, like, researching <laughs> specific animated series. And I was like, I should start, like, writing this information down. So, yeah. A, so I can remember it, and B, so other people don't have to do all this research that I'm doing. And mm-hmm. uh, one of the ones I, I researched was Tailspin, because I, I, it was just such a an interesting show. And, again, the, the, can, like, the world was so cool. Yeah. It's set in, like, the late 1930s era. Um a, a world of like a lot of planes and it's, they live on the, the coast. So there's a lot of boats and planes and just really exciting, like almost Indiana Jones kind of style to that, that series and that world it was really cool. Um, yeah. they, they live in a, a town called Cape Suzette. <laughs> I think it's like all the names of, of these, these, uh, worlds have, have really fun, like towns and it's good. There's some clever writing in there. It's awesome. For sure. Yeah. Uh, I had, I like, Ideas just kind of kept coming to me for Telspin. Easier than the awesome. rest, actually. Good. Yeah. Um, I, the one obvious thing is for food, I think there should be Louis' Restaurant. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And um, um, if anyone hasn't seen Tailspin, a lot of the characters came from the Jungle Book, which seems really strange to me. Like, how did they get, you know, from being just animals living in the jungle to anthropomorphic animals like wearing clothes and flying airplanes and yep. <laughs> having fought in a war 20 years ago there's like a whole cool backstory like um they're like referencing world war one having happened and like a lot of the the characters fought in that war a long time ago it's, it's like it's kind of crazy um yeah. and there's some kind of dark backstory to uh gummy bears as well like where their their people like were chased out of their their homeland basically because the humans were using them to create all this cool technology, but like abusing them basically. And so they had to mm-hmm. flee and, and they're, they're, they're uh, lost from the rest of their, their people. Like it's just this one small tribe living in gummy Glen, but there's, there's other gummy bears around the world. They just have lost contact. So there's right. some kind of interesting stuff for like, for, you know, the teenagers or like the parents who aren't super obsessed with these shows. There's some interesting back backstory there that could, could almost be a little like, scary if you if you're a little kid and you're like what what there's yeah. <laughs> all this bad stuff happened yeah it's it's kind of interesting it adds a lot of like darkness to the background in the backdrop of this it's always fun kind of watching cartoons that i mean like if i saw that as a kid i don't know how much it would register to mm-hmm. me but like as an adult it's like wow this is intense <laughs> <laughs> yeah i love that about um like adding that depth that comes with a new perspective i i think mm-hmm. that that really well done works can work on multiple levels like that. You can just take it at, at face value as an episodic cartoon and it's yep. funny and, you know, people talk in funny voices and, you know, there's all those, all those great things you need in cartoons, you know, good animation, awesome character design. But then mm-hmm. if you look at the, you know, the storyline over, overall, there's always some kind of interesting plot developments that are there for the parents, you know, so they don't get bored watching yep. the show. But 
Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. I I love animation for that reason. I agree, yeah. And with Tailspin originally started out as a show called B-Players, which I'm not sure the time frame. I think it might have been set sort of in the early days of baseball, Mm -hmm. and it starred Baloo uh, as as a baseball player. Mm -hmm. And um, I forget, I think other classic characters were supposed to be incorporated in that show, too. There's a really great article from the creator of Tailspin, uh, Jim Magon, who... uh, was originally pitching B players, pitching and and like you said, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> wish I could say I meant to do that. <laughs> but uh, there was a. Uh, it's funny. Earlier, you mentioned that Rescue Rangers was a rescuers type show because I think yeah. it originally started that way. Wow. Huh. Uh, but then something happened, and they. I think they found that maybe Rescuers wasn't relevant enough, so they sort of scrapped the idea and then brought it back. They were like, well, what if we use pre-existing characters or something? I don't remember. Yeah. I There's do think... a lot of neat history behind this stuff. That's really cool. I will have to check that out. Um, yeah. And when I was doing you know, my research for this, it was several years ago for, for Tailspin, but I kept thinking of uh, this Studio Ghibli movie that's one of my favorite Studio Ghibli films called Porco Rosso. Have you seen that movie? Hmm. I have not. It's It's really interesting. It's... It's about a an anthropomorphic pig who flies, uh, who's a pilot, and he lives on this like coastal city, and he fought in World War One, and like has these like flashbacks and stuff, and huh. it's it's really interesting. It's like very similar vein at, for Tailspin, um, yeah. And I guess it was based on you know a a manga a Japanese comic um, that came out before Tailspin. And the Tailspin people definitely had admiration for Studio Ghibli, but they didn't necessarily they hadn't necessarily seen that source material as like we're going to make a cartoon based on this. So um, Tailspin came out first, actually, before this movie Porco Rosso. But they're very similar as far as it's a movie about an anthropomorphic animal driving, you know, flying airplanes in mm-hmm. a coastal city before World War II, and like yeah. it's, it's like how many movies are about that? You know, how many children's <laughs> cartoons from the late eighties, early nineties are about anthropomorphic animals, right. Flying fighter pilots. It's like, that's kind of weird, but Porco <laughs> Rosso is an awesome movie. It's, it's more adult, more mature. Um, not that it's like, I, I bet it's rated, you know, PG, but it is a little more slow paced and like, there's more atmosphere and more emotions to it. It's a really right. awesome movie. I would definitely recommend it, but um, it, it just has a lot of similarities that I really love. I love both of those properties very much. And, and it's, I just think that world is so fascinating of having the, the coastal city for one, and then also mm-hmm. being able to just fly planes. Like flying is such a magical thing to me. Like it seems so cool. And I know we talked about this with the uh, gummy bears a little bit ago. Yeah, There's just some magic to older technology, especially flying technology where mm-hmm. they didn't necessarily know like everything that we know today. You know, they right. didn't have space exploration. They didn't have everything down to a perfect science. It was like, well, we've tried this enough times. We found out that this works better than that. And it was mm-hmm. based on experimentation and, and just invention. I love that. That's so cool. Uh, yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. And I love, I love that this show incorporates things like air pirates and, yes. and things of that nature with Don Carnage, one of the most <laughs> egocentric villains uh, to ever exist. It's an awesome <laughs> name too. I know. <laughs> cool. Um, so we could definitely do lots of, of plane based attractions and uh seaplanes you know landing on water that'd be kind of fun for a coaster Ooh, um, i like that you know where you kind of touch down on water and it you know shoots water everywhere and then you can take back off again so having um plane shaped ride vehicles would be really fun um, yeah and then do yeah 
Um, they could do boats and, you know, like submarines, and this could almost cross over into the, the gummy bears area. So maybe there's a big body of water in this park, and there's there's various, you know, underwater vehicles going around, surface water vehicles going around, and then also airplanes coming and landing. That'd be really fun. I like, if, if you're, I like that. You're in one part of the park, you know, on one side of this body of water, and you see there's this one, like, roller coaster that kind of comes way out, and the, the cars touch down in the water and then take back off again. Uh-huh. Pretty exciting. I don't yeah. know. I don't know if any roller coasters have done that. I mean, I'm sure they have to have, but I'm not familiar. Yeah, I would assume uh, they have, but I, there are some logistics there. Like, what if uh, you get a lot of rain and so the water level rises, and then when people, you know, the true. the car hits the water, it just like comes to a dead stop because the water's <laughs> too deep. It like breaks well, the landing if, gear off. What if it never actually comes That's, and touches the water? Right. Like, what if there was some sort of thing in the side of the cart that would spray water out? Oh, cool! That's a good idea. That's really smart. Or you can yeah, even can... do a, a fountain type thing at the surface of the water, so it just blows water out when you get you know three feet above it, and it feels like you're That's... just skimming the surface. That's true. Oh, that'd be we'd thrilling. have to figure out a way to make it so that the uh, tracks do not rust. But... Right. <laughs> I think it would have to be suspended, like the tracks are above mm-hmm. the vehicle. Um, yeah. Oh, I think, okay. I think that could work, and uh, maybe you're in in a cockpit, so there's actually like a ceiling above you, or the uh-huh. or it's like a biplane kind of kind of design, so you can't see directly above you anyway. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I like that. I'm trying to hide the uh, the rail for some reason, but I, that's not necessary because roller coasters are fun, no matter if you realize it's a roller coaster or not. And if you're you're going young enough to kind of forget that, then then go ahead. Like that's really that's fun. Tr- that's cool. true. And if you, if we can create some sort of successful log flume slash roller coaster type thing, yeah. that would be a lot of fun. Oh, for sure. And I have a name for it. Okay, let's hear it. Hire for hire flyers. Nice. Was that <laughs> is that a name taken from the show? The that series? was yeah, that was the name of uh, the place the that Rebecca yeah. owned. Nice. Hire for hire. Yeah, yeah, hire for hire. Oh, cool. So <laughs> that sounds awesome. <laughs> and in, incorporating the uh, either animatronic or just voiceovers of the characters, mm-hmm. you know, talking to you in your headset when you're flying around in this airplane would be really cool. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. It would be fun, you know, how Kit has his, like, sky surfboard thing that he yes. uses? Yeah. I don't know how we could turn that into a ride, but that would be fun. That would be really fun. Kit, who's supposed to kind of represent the audience in this show, as far as I can tell, yeah. um, has this kind of croissant-shaped boomerang-esque <laughs> metal thing that he kind of flies around on. So it's like, it's almost like he's skiing behind the plane on the clouds and stuff like that, Yep. which is an awesome idea. Um, mm-hmm. It sounds super fun, but also very dangerous. But I think you could do like <laughs> you could do like a simulation. Like I've only ever seen this on commercials for um, cruises before, but they have those like simulated surfing areas where it's basically just like a curved surface yep. with water rushing over it. You could mm-hmm. do something like that, and maybe add like a smoke machine or something so it looks like clouds, <laughs> or just paint like the that. paint the bottom underneath the water so it looks like clouds, and then you That's can just cool. kind of surf back and forth. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's kind of a cheap one where we're just, like, reskinning an existing attraction. But it would be really fun. It would feel right. And um, you can't to really add just... add the elements, yeah. that, 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 that makes it a little bit better. It's yeah. not just straight up ripping off an existing thing. Right, right, exactly. It, it is themed. Because you can't really just carry, like, pull people behind your airplane, I don't think. Like, that seems dangerous. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that, that does seem like a really cool aspect that fans of the show might want to try out, like... What would it be mm-hmm. like to ride on that thing? Yeah. Well, you know, like uh, you know, like the old projection things that you would get in, like the roller coaster. I'm, I can't think of what they're called. The, yeah. but you know, it would rock back 
and forth and make uh-huh. you feel like you were doing that. Yeah. Maybe we could have like a dark ride essentially uh-huh. where maybe you're strapped into something that can move you in yeah. 360 degrees Whoa. with oh. a screen that's like pulling yes. you around. Yes. That sounds awesome. Um, I've yeah. seen some, some new uh, kind of futuristic like uh, theme park technology where they're using VR and you're in a, a seat, just like a roller coaster thing, but it's for one person and you're on mm-hmm. an arm. So like there's this robotic arm holding just you in your chair and it can turn you, you know, flip you around 360 degrees. It can like lean you way forward and way back and the arm itself can move around as well. So you uh-huh. can move around in space and rotate in space. And it just seems like so crazy, exhilarating especially if it's a VR thing where you have some kind of control of where you want to go or what you want to do, being able to like feel your physical body move in reaction to what you're, you're inputting on the, the controls of the game would be fascinating. Yeah. So doing that something like really that, cool. that, I mean, that would be very expensive, I'm sure, but doing a simpler version of that would be really cool where it's, it's a, a, a scripted you know, scene where you're following behind this plane and you, you know, you do like little corkscrews and cool, like different tricks and stuff. And it moves your, your body around to, to react yeah. to that. Oh, that's great. I like, I like well, that as well. The dark room ride. Well, well, you say, you, you say, um, it could get expensive, but remember we're playing with theoretical Disney money here. So. <laughs> that's true. So, Not only is it imaginary. That, that's a double-edged but... <laughs> sword because we have a lot of it, but if we do something wrong, we're in trouble. <laughs> that's very true. Disney's got a lot, a lot of, uh. People watching, lots of watch, yeah. watch out for. Cool. <laughs> I, had, I had one more uh, ride for the Cape Suzette area. Awesome. And um, just kind of playing on the theme song, Spin It. Yeah. I was thinking, why not have teacup rides? That yes. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. The boom, 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 kind of playing the whole time. It'd get really redundant if you worked there, but right, that's true. You know. But that always happens. You're you're gonna yeah. hear ten songs maximum throughout your day. But yeah, sure. doing you know a lot of um, traditional theme park rides would be really fun, and just mm-hmm. you know have like minor theming. Some of our parks that we've designed in the show have been like super immersive in where they're like, uh, you know, like theatrical level of design detail and immersion and stuff and. I don't think we should do that for this. Like, I think it needs to just be fun above all else. And yeah. so even if it's just, you know, there's a, a, sm- a little kid's roller coaster that has a certain, you know, small airplanes that your cars are shaped like, and then there's mm-hmm. a more, you know, higher thrills coaster with the same idea where you're flying an airplane. It's not like, well, how come this airplane's five times bigger than that airplane? It's like, um, because it's a roller coaster. <laughs> right. You know, we're not trying to like make it a hundred percent immersive, but we're definitely mm-hmm. designing things with, with that kind of intention of making it as as immersive as it can be while still being fun for all different people and, and feeling yeah. like a roller, uh, theme park. Yeah, for yeah. sure. That sounds cool. I like the, I like teacups. Those are fun rides. Um, yeah. <laughs> any kind of like spinning ride, like even just the circus kind of attract, not circus, what's the word? Carnival level of mm-hmm. attractions where it has to be portable. I love those kinds of, of spinner attractions. Those are always really fun. And like you get a lot of motion within a small yeah. footprint. So yeah, I love that. That's yeah. awesome. And those are like one of the few things that I feel really safe with, with these traveling rides. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the risk isn't too high. Right. But like they could be shaped like sort of like rather than teacups, you mm-hmm. know, like the cockpit of a plane or something. Oh, cool. Something to make it more tailspin themed. Yeah. Yeah, that would work. That's it for today's Tailspin show. But get set for more adventure on the Disney afternoon. Eat fiber, Hornhead! 
today on Darkwing Duck. Hey! Taurus Boba tries to squeeze a secret code out of the masked mallard. Gee, this hurts. And DW tries to rescue Gosselin. She's right here. Coming up next. Evil doers beware. We're back after this. Yeah, that this was another one I, I remember very vividly from my childhood. Um, yes, I was super into Batman the Animated Series, and then Darkwing Duck was just kind of like that—the little brother of that show a little bit. Yeah, um, and they're both fascinating. Both had cool toys, and uh, yeah, so Darkwing Duck was a lot more like um, not as much about the adventure, whereas I feel like Tailspin was very adventurous and like kind of yes. traveled a lot. Um, Darkwing Duck was more like a Batman or. Uh, the, the shadow or green hornet kind of thing where it's like mm-hmm. almost chip and Dale level, like where there's, there's like mysteries and there's bad guys. And, um, but it's more of like a superhero kind of, it's like a, it's almost a noir sort yeah, of feel, exactly. but there's still action to it as well. Yeah. There's fight scenes and stuff, which was kind of interesting because there wasn't a ton <laughs> of, you know, violence that Disney's trying to promote, um, especially back then. <laughs> right. but, but yeah, it's, it's Darkwing duck. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, talk about the tragic backstories and stuff to learn Gosselin's backstory is pretty heartbreaking in the first couple episodes. And it's just kind of like, I don't really remember that. What was it? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to butcher it now. But basically, I mean, like her parents died. She was an orphan. So then she wound up. Uh, I forget all the details. It's been it hasn't been that long since I've seen this episode. So I have no excuse. <laughs> but but essentially, you know, Drake or. Darkwing eventually adopts her and mm-hmm. and uh, after he saves her life, but it's it's a pretty like high risk game for a little while wow. trying to save her and everything. Uh, it's it's one of the more intense two parters for an opening series. Cool. Was that the first two episodes? Yeah, Darkly Dawn's the duck. Wow. Okay, I'm gonna watch that this afternoon. That sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, they're good. Cool. Um, yeah, so for this one, I think you could definitely, he's got a lot of cool gadgets, kind of Batman-esque gadgets that you could make into attractions. Did he have a vehicle? I don't really remember him driving a car or anything like Batman would. He had a motorcycle. Motorcycle? Yeah. That's that's awesome. I think it was called the Rat Catcher. (laughs) Nice. And he he had the, uh, the Thunder Quack, which was like a plane. Uh Uh-huh. Excellent. But that was about it. No, no cars though. Mm Mm-hmm. Thunder Quack, what an interesting... For a vehicle, right? <laughs> awesome. Um, what kind of stuff would you like to see in the Darkwing Duck section of the park? Darkwing is more of a character-based show yes. rather than an action-based show. So, right? Yeah, like, what do I do to make this stand out as a actual theme park? Mm-hmm. And we had um, a similar issue with when we were trying to design Gotham, like the Batman park. It's like we mm-hmm. don't want the character, the player, like the the guest, to be Batman. Like I think that would be a really weird, really stressful situation. Yeah. So we right. just the the guest was just kind of a, a citizen of the city, and then there's all this crazy stuff happening around them. So we could mm-hmm. do something like that, where where the park goers are just Saint Canard uh, citizen. So you're just like walking around, and you can ex- you know see all the bad guys committing the crimes, and see the good guys coming in to try to to save them, and. Mm-hmm. Wasn't uh, 
his sidekick, the same guy who was in Tailspin? Uh, uh, DuckTales. DuckTales, yeah, sorry, that's what I meant to say. And so then we can definitely cross over with some DuckTales action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course, it never made sense because his, his partner was the pilot, so you would think he would show up in Tailspin, the one show that <laughs> right. has other pilots. Right, right. <laughs> when I was, I was picturing him with like his character design, I'm like, yeah, he, I think Tailspin? No, no, DuckTales. The other <laughs> yeah. Tales show. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, I think that Darkwing like could maybe have a theater mm-hmm. um, where, you know, they could put on like an evening show of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe even like a old school sort of murder mystery type show. Ooh. Without, yeah. without, without murder. murder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That works. And essentially have the costumed characters running around mm-hmm. and doing maybe, maybe have five different shows or something. Cool. That play with different plots in each randomly. One? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be exciting, and then they could um, the characters like let's say there's one bad guy who is on the loose at the end of this one story. He actually mm-hmm. starts kind of running around the park a little bit. So like you're leaving uh-huh. the theater and you you see him like what he's like someone should go get him, and then you can kind of see <laughs> basically take the uh, the story unfolds out into the outside of the theater into the actual park itself. It like spills over a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Or vice versa, like, you know, maybe you're on your way to watch this performance of a show, and you see um, Darkwing Duck, like, just running into the theater in front of you, and you're like, what? And then you see this villain chasing after him, and you're like, oh man, this is kind of exciting, just kind of yeah. blending the transition from walking around the park to being in the theater by mm-hmm. kind of getting immersed with the characters running around and, like, doing some yeah. of the, the action outside of the theater. That would, I, I that would draw, that idea. draw a crowd as well, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sounds um, fun. There, there's one other thing. I haven't quite figured it out yet, but if if you recall, I think it even happened in the theme song for the show where uh-huh. Darkwing is riding the Ratcatcher motorcycle along the St. Canard Bridge. Yeah. So, like, it looks kind of like the um, San Francisco Bridge. Right, right. But, but uh, you know, he's riding his motorcycle along the very thin railings of it. Like, yes. that could potentially be a fun roller coaster right. ride or something. And it looks like a roller coaster already because you've got, like, yeah. the, the track would just be the, the suspension cables on the bridge or the whatever that the curvy part of the bridge would be called. That that mm-hmm. works really easily. And I think a motorcycle-shaped mm-hmm. ride vehicle would be really cool. And when you were, like, you pointed out that he had a motorcycle, I was like, that would be a really cool roller coaster. Um, yeah. And... Yeah, that could be really fun. And maybe, well, I don't know. I feel like the physics in certain cartoons get get kind of really <laughs> cartoony. And then other ones are, like, relatively realistic. Because I was yeah. picturing, like, you know, maybe you're driving up this, the curved part of the bridge. And the motorcycle can, like, do a barrel roll around it a little bit. <laughs> so, like, and it could work if, you know, there's, like, the suspension cables going down from that. Just in mm-hmm. between those, you kind of do a little loop. And like spin underneath it, and then can come back up to the top and keep driving straight. That'd be really exciting, kind of yeah. thrill. Instead of just going straight on top of this thing the whole time, which would get kind mm-hmm. of boring. But if you like flip over a couple times, that'd be be fun. Well, we could even expand it beyond the bridge. Just have like the bridge be the starting point and the ending uh-huh. point. Yeah, that you know, works. have it kind of have a roller coaster that goes through some of the streets cool. of Saint Canard, you know, and maybe yeah. have villain uh, animatronics on either side of you trying to grab yes. you and stuff. That sounds cool. And or maybe it's, you, you uh like you're on the bridge 
uh, on the cables, it comes down and then you can kind of cross over onto like the highway going on the bridge. And then you have oh, yeah. to like weave in between traffic and stuff. And then you eventually get on the other side of the road and back up the cables again to, to continue uh-huh. the, the ride. That'd be oh, neat. I like that. And we could also do, you know, definitely a ride based on the Thunderquack. Um, and that could maybe, you know, go like underneath the bridge or it could go, you know, where, wherever throughout the city, just give you a, oh. a, you know, a tour from up above of the whole city. It'd be really cool. To and be able could, to see the other rides going on as you're flying around, that would be really yeah, neat. Yeah, that would be really cool and kind of add to the action of this world. Like, there's always a chase scene going on somewhere in this world. Yeah, that yeah. That fun. Cool. Wow. I, I almost <laughs> wonder if it would be too far to make it so that the Thunder Quack ride starts in the Darkwing Duck area, but uh-huh. it flies all around the entire park. Whoa. So you can see that these things are actually connected. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. And then you could do that. Maybe there's just a... Um, kind of like a monorail type system that goes around the whole park, like as a a means of transportation, Mm -hmm. but like every fourth vehicle is a thunder quack. And then Mm -hmm. the next vehicle is, um, one of the planes from tailspin. So it's like any kind of, you know, flying vehicle from any of these properties. Or, and then the next one after that could be the gummy bears, like flying ship. And so basically you rescue rangers one. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. So it all, it all ties together. So you, you get all these different vehicles that are all, capable of reaching each other and like getting to these different parts of town because they all have the power of flight Mm -hmm. that'd be fun yeah for sure awesome um i think that's about all i have i've got one other thing for darkwing duck but Mm -hmm. we'll tackle it in ducktales okay cool awesome shall we move on i think so i think that we we could basically just kind of do some batman-esque things here Mm -hmm. uh, while we're in saint canard and you know some action some some bad guys committing crimes. We got to catch them, lock them up, yeah. that kind of thing. And you know, maybe once in a while, they the park goer gets to help out with that process in some some regards. Maybe using some of those rescue ranger skills that they figured out of like how to solve mysteries, how to right. you know catch the bad guys. Um, the, this kind of skill set we we build here could kind of start to repeat. You know, you're like, okay, use these same skills you learned yesterday at this other park. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that that works. It's like a hurricane here in Duckbird. Race cars, lasers, aeroplanes. It's a duck blur. Might solve a mystery or rewrite history. DuckTales. Every day that I've been making DuckTales. Tales of daring do that and to connect the two together, there's mm-hmm. a character besides Launchpad that appeared in both uh, yeah. named Gizmo Duck, and um, Gizmo Duck was like a robotic police officer or <laughs> robotic duck, kind of with a wheel. Uh-huh. So I, I for feet. Now I was kind of thinking it might be fun to have a giant Gizmo Duck like suit that you get into, and then the oh, wheel. Yeah. You're standing inside of it, but the wheel is down below your feet, and it yeah. carries you oh, man. Uh, on like an action-adventure ride that where you're like chasing awesome. bad guys through St. Canard and Duckburg. Yes, that is awesome. I just looked up a picture of Gizmo Duck, and the listener, I would recommend doing this as well because that design is yeah. so awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I remember him for sure. Um, yeah. And you could definitely do that. That sounds like making a ride vehicle out of that wouldn't be too hard. And mm-hmm. so maybe it's just a one person riding inside of that. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, wow, that'd be thrilling. And you could do all <laughs> kinds of the more like high stakes, more actiony things that they do on these series, but you don't want your park guests to do firsthand. Mm-hmm. Just 
put yeah. them inside of gizmo duck and they can do it you know within that ride vehicle within the safety of that they can still yeah. experience all the the thrills that's great yeah, that, that was like the first thing that came to my mind i'm like i want to do this and yeah. now I'm, I'm sad that it's out there and i cannot <laughs> <laughs> that's really fun and i was picturing he uh could also go on that um was it called the rat catcher is that the name of uh Darkwing's uh, motorcycle? Motorcycle? Yeah. yeah. So maybe that ride where you drive on the bridge could could be mm-hmm. done within the Gizmo Duck vehicle as well. Like you can kind of pick which ride That's vehicle true. you want to go in. Um, oh, I like that. Yeah, that could be kind of fun. And then and then also, you know, any kind of chase scene that Gizmo Duck you could ride inside of him to do, you could also ride on the rat catcher uh mm-hmm. to kind of go through that same path, that same exciting chase. Oh yeah. Cool. I, I, That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I know that you're a big mini golf fan. That's true. And, uh, <laughs> oh, boy. And, uh, so I was thinking for DuckTales, there was an episode of DuckTales called Earthquake yeah. about about how uh, there kept being earthquakes that were happening and Scrooge's money bin was about to fall into the earth. Or maybe it, there was a crack and all the money fell oh, into the earth. Oh, no. But anyways, they go underground and they meet these things called Terrafermians. And they're these multicolored... Um, <clears throat> things that roll into balls huh and i was thinking it might be fun to have a mini golf area <laughs> that's kind of like a dark light area yep and um and basically the terra fermions are the golf balls and you're you're whacking them through ever <laughs> uh through the different things maybe have like little ducktails related elements to the course mm-hmm. of course yeah Cor- the course, course of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's awesome. So, are they the same size as the ducks? No. Well, they're they're yeah they're equivalent. Okay, and which so, could be tricky. Yeah, but I'm thinking like we've already got the uh, the like shrinking ray from earlier, and we right. could just have you know a growth ray like yeah whatever. Um, <laughs> so you need to help get all of the terraformians. You know they need to get back into their their home or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe one of the these earthquakes uh, like launched them up into the air and they're like kind of lost in the town and you have to like you know get that'd be really cool and then it's almost like a a godzilla kind of thing or like a tokusatsu show where there's like the you know the fake buildings that are supposed to be like you know real buildings but you're you're like giant monster size is what i'm trying to say and you have to like walk through this town and trying to to lead all these guys with your (laughs) golf club Back into like their that. different holes in the ground where they came from. So, yeah, yeah, that that's a fun fun theming for mini golf. I like that, and yeah. uh, I, I'm really into like next gen, you know, mini golf kinds of things. But it'd be cool if you could you could project or have little screens inside of the buildings, and so maybe um, you know one of the ducks has like some advice on, or like they're teaching you how to what your objective is. So they they pop up in one of the little windows, and you just like look over, and they're like. You know, they're the size of, like, your fist. And they're, like, uh-huh. telling you, like, hey, this if you could do this for us, that'd be really helpful. They're, like, setting up the story. It'd be really uh-huh. cool. Yeah, I, love I like that. that. Yeah. Yeah, that's exciting. Wow, that's cool. Um, <laughs> I need I need to watch that episode, too, because this, <laughs> this sounds really fun. <laughs> so have well, you I'll, seen, like, a ton of episodes of the show? I've seen probably about 80% of the show. Wow. Um, a lot of it whenever I was a kid, and yeah. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but... For the most part, a lot of these shows are available on uh, Amazon now and iTunes. Cool. And also, you can buy most of the DVDs, like mm-hmm. twenty-seven episodes per disc for ten bucks. Wow! So that's awesome. pretty good. Cool. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Definitely for anyone who who loves those old old series. I think having them on DVD or Blu-ray is the best option. Um, I'm trying to collect 
a bunch of like early adult swim stuff in Scooby-Doo and it yeah. just feels so good to have it on physical media. Like there's something about it that's, that's better than Netflix, you know, cause it's, well, A, you get like commentary and like extra, you know, deleted scenes and stuff sometimes, but B, you mm-hmm. can just have those. It's not up to Netflix whether you can access them or not. You know, it's, you're, you're taking control of it a little bit. Yeah. And, and unfortunately Disney being how they are, mm-hmm. um, the DVDs, the, Disney animation DVDs didn't initially sell as well as they would now probably because the demand is much higher now than it was when they released them 15 years ago. Right. And so Darkwing has like one volume yet to be released that may never happen. DuckTales has two. Tailspin is the only one that's complete. You know, so it's like it's it's a little frustrating yeah. and it's a little heartbreaking being a fan and wanting with that completionist attitude. Right. But, Collect them uh, all. Yeah. Hopefully someday there are a lot of campaigns to make it happen. So cool. I'm glad. I love that the fans have a voice, you know, with yeah. the power of the internet. That's, that's such a cool thing. It's awesome. I know I like 2016 was such a good year for me getting both crystal Pepsi and ecto cooler back in the oh same year. Oh my God. Yes. Both of those <laughs> things I'm super into, but I love crystal Pepsi and, um, <laughs> Yeah, I tried for so long to find Ecto Cooler, and I someone told me that you can only get them at like certain movie theaters, and so like I was trying to find, I was going to all these movie theaters, couldn't find it, and and uh, I just didn't want to order it online. I wanted it to be that experience of walking into a store and just finding the thing. I just love that for some reason, and mm-hmm. so I would just go to every grocery store I could find, and eventually my fiance just ordered them on Amazon. She's like, you know, we we had to submit to the Amazon overlords. <laughs> like it's the only way to get you what you need. And I was yeah. so thankful to get you know a box of it. It was it's great. Um, is there anything you'd like to add to our park? Um, you feel pretty good about it. I just had one. Yeah, I think I'm pretty pretty good on everything. I just had one idea. Uh, for Mighty Ducks, yeah. and that would be something that I feel like is not really happening anymore, and it kind of breaks my heart, but bumper cars. Oh, cool, yeah, yeah. I think it would be really cool to have hockey puck-shaped bumper cars. Nice. That is really <laughs> cool. Um, and this could be during the part where the park guests are really small. They mm-hmm. could go into, like, a you know full-sized hockey arena because the Mighty Ducks are, like, human-sized ducks, right? I think so. Yeah. They're pretty, a lot of them are pretty like beefy as well. Like they're like yeah. hockey players. So having uh-huh. the guests be really small, like riding in a puck, that could be really cool. Um, I, the building, you know, the ceiling that high would be really difficult for, you know, the like old school bumper car design where it's like you're connected to the ceiling with those little electrical for, thingies, whatever those are called. Um, right. Like, I mean, creating the illusion of being really small in a, you know, super huge, like hockey arena would be really difficult, but we could kind of force it a little bit or fudge it a little bit. And mm-hmm just make motors within the vehicles themselves. So it's almost like a go-kart kind of setup, but feels in controls like a bumper car. That works. Yeah. That's really cool. And a, a perfectly round vehicle would be really fun. It'd right, be kind yeah. of hard to drive that, I think. Like, it, it would be a fun experience. You know, like, part of the thrill of bumper cars is that the steering is so awkward and, like, everyone's a bad driver. But right. if you're driving in a totally round vehicle, that'd be a totally new experience. And you'd, like, get into a lot of accidents you weren't planning on, which would be fun. That's that's yep. the thrill of bumper cars. I like that. That's great. And you could even make it like a, a sport almost. Like there's like a, a, a meta game while you're playing bumper cars, you're trying to get in the other team's net or something. Like, oh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> there's nets at the end of each side. And yeah, if you're in, you know, the, the blue pucks, you're trying to get that direction or whatever. That'd be, mm-hmm. be fun. Yeah. That'd be fun. <laughs> I was kind of thinking like it might be neat to do, I don't know if they could do this, but like a slick track with bumper cars. Uh-huh. I mean, I know that it's already pretty slick, but yeah. 
to take the elements of a slick track go-kart yeah. and mix it with bumper cars. So oh, the more you hit people, the more you spin and right. swim into others, but you can then definitely it gets kind of high risk. Yeah. I think maybe just get a, get a little bit of a better like harness system so that like, you're not like getting whiplash and stuff, but <laughs> yeah. that could be super fun. Mm-hmm. I love that. And that makes it more feel like you're on ice, you know, like you're a puck on the ice. And I, I like the idea of having it indoors, too, because you can actually make it feel cold like a hockey arena. Yeah, exactly. And it'd be a nice way to escape the heat of the day. Right, right. That'd be great. And it would be fun to just watch, too. You know, maybe there's, like, stadium seating on one side, and people can just, like, hang out in there and, you know, watch oh, yeah. the kid on the on the bumper cars. That works. Yeah, it's like the, it's like the tiki room in a Disney park, you know, yeah. where it's, it's nice and air-conditioned and dark. And yes, you can just sort of and you could sit. have a concession stand in there. and Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's great. Yeah. Cool. I like that. Um Another thing I think we should add throughout the whole park is a lot of walk around characters. Yep. And, um, you know, I, I like the idea of like getting autographs, but I was thinking of maybe simplifying that a little bit where you're trying to collect something like maybe it's stamps in a little stamp book or like just some kind of collectible element. Because I think uh-huh. so many of these, these worlds, like it's hard to capture the full essence because there's so many characters and so many plot lines and so many episodes that took place in each little town. It's hard mm-hmm. to represent them well with, you know, like, a, a small number of attractions so i, I think agree. being able to like allude to some of those or reference some of those other episodes with just a, a simple like collectible and it could mm-hmm. be like you know a smartphone kind of thing or a physical like book that you go around and and you find this little icon and you get a stamp for that icon or something like that like it's almost like a geocaching kind of thing within the park it would be kind of like a fun little game for people who aren't super thrilled or don't really want to ride the roller coasters Right. Um, they could they could add an extra little like collectible element. I just mm-hmm. I don't know. I love these these five worlds are really fascinating to me, or or six worlds if we're counting Mighty Ducks. Um, and I think it's kind of sad that we can't fit everything into the park. You know what I mean? Like there's there's parts of each show that each person's going to like and miss from their childhood, and we, maybe we don't get to represent all those. So so adding like little Easter eggs of those characters and those right uh, themes and, and stuff would be great. At the very least, like I mean. I don't think a lot of people like bonkers. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> I, I remember like it, but yeah, I, I don't have super fond memories of it necessarily. I, I watched it, but I, and I, I don't even think I liked it then, but I love the character design and I love the mm-hmm. way the show looks. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, it never really held my interest for some reason. Yeah. Um, and, and the more I dig, the more I see people trash talking that show and oh, I'm like, man. it's not that bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> it just doesn't I mean, compare to the, the, its yeah. predecessors in the Disney afternoon block. I think. Yeah. I, I don't think, I mean, Goof Troop was the last show that I really watched and loved. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's a little too hard to make any sort of rides based on Goof Troop. But it might be neat to have just a little Spoonerville area uh-huh. of of uh, the town. You yeah. Know, so you can walk through Goofy's house. Have that like a Toontown or something. Or That's cool. Even better, just have a Toontown. It's right. Disney. They can do it. Absolutely. Um, you know, so and that could be where a large part of the characters who don't have areas built around them could be hanging out, like Max and Goofy and the Mighty Ducks characters and Bonkers and characters yeah. like that. That sounds great. Cool. I, I really love that idea, and I I think that we don't need to get into like the the later stuff, like Aladdin and Timon and Pumbaa. Like they're represented in Disney already. They are. We just kind of want to, you know, be a voice for the voiceless, like these who are <laughs> underrepresented in the Disney parks. Give them right. a, give them a home. You know, they deserve it, and they've got you know, a fan, a fan community out there that would definitely like these and a new generation as well that, that has watched these shows in reruns or on YouTube or, you know, their parents have DVDs of it or whatever. Yep. Yeah. I see a lot of people that I work with and they're, you know, I have some Disney afternoon related things around my little cube at work and they're like, 
oh, I'm, I'm raising my kids on that. And I'm, oh, I'm man. Like, I applaud you. That's You're amazing. doing the right thing. <laughs> I love that. I think that, that carrying forward your interests into mm-hmm. your kids' lives, that's like one of the reasons why I like having the physical DVDs is like, I can pass this on to whoever I want to. I can have a friend borrow it. I can like teach anyone about this show because they have access to it at all times. It's yeah. Awesome. I cool. love it. Yeah. Yep. And I think the importance of animation is, uh, it matters a lot to both of us, really. All right. So what should we name this park? Do you have any oh, ideas? Uh, Disney Afternoon's got to be in there somewhere, right? I, I think that's a little awkward that it has a time of day in the title. But... I know, yeah. You, you don't quite want to do that. Yeah. Um, hmm. I know. Is it... And it's... It, we can't say, like, you know, throwback Disney because Disney's got such a long and rich history. Like, that. Yeah, that's confusing. Yeah, So, yeah. you know, we could this... do something about late 80s, early 90s, or after school yeah i mean it could i don't know there is a certain connection to the afternoon i think because that's when the, yeah. the block aired hmm hmm yeah the 90s adventure hour <laughs> oh wow yeah but that's I mean, still an hour yeah sure <laughs> 90s um they are there's a lot of adventure i would say adventure is a good word they're all yeah. cartoons but then again a lot of disney stuff is cartoons so because hmm. i was gonna say like disney afternoon like tune something but it's like well a lot of disney cartoons that's not really right. descriptive but i i mean <laughs> 90s something would be cool mm-hmm. um, um yeah this is this is a very difficult park to name it is there's um, there's it's all encompassing right so. right it, if it's a bunch of different properties that are different types of animals and i mean they're all anthropomorphic animals <laughs> but <laughs> anthropomorphic animal land doesn't really work either <laughs> Hmm. Um, hmm. Wow, it's it's hard because like there's not really an umbrella term for that group other than the Disney, Disney afternoon. afternoon. Yeah, and it was already referred to whenever there was a brief uh, segment of Disneyland called uh, the Disney Afternoon Avenue, where oh, they did parades and had a gummy bears ride and a few other things. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, but that only lasted for a year. Yeah. Okay. Well, we could kind of take that mantle and you know build it up a little bit. So. It could. We can just use Disney Afternoon. I mean, if if they used it, it probably yeah. wasn't too confusing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Disney Afternoon. Unless we like Saint Canardsburg. <laughs> so many town yeah. names. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Um. Hmm. Let's just call it Cape Canardsburg. <laughs> <laughs> we could, like, we could just represent one of those cities as kind of like basically make all of the different cities just kind of one city, you know, where there's like different suburbs with the different names. And That's so we, we could just do that where St. Canard is like the main city and we just call it St. Canard. Um, Cause I think that is a really interesting name, you know, gummy Glen, I don't think is that captivating. No. Uh, Cape Suzette might be good. And then that is kind of, it incites like images of a Cape, you know, of like the kind of landscape that we're building with all the kind of water, uh, right aspects of the park so cape I, Suzette, I, I think Saint duckburg Cone. is probably the biggest of all of them yeah and so there's can... a lot of ducks going on around that's here. true <laughs> yeah if you're scared of anthropomorphized animals don't go to this park <laughs> yeah um, exactly it's right in the title duckburg. <laughs> it's pretty much i like duckburg yeah. yeah or duckburg uh amusement park or wow 
I haven't struggled this this hard in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Duck for what, what about like Disney's Cartoon Universe? Ooh, that's cool. But I, but then are you be like, well, where's Mickey? Oh, you know right. what I mean? All right. I, I always goofy. did wonder where Mickey was when it came to Disney Afternoon. He was <laughs> the yeah, Disney Afternoon. I mean, Goofy was there. Yeah, Mickey should have had a show too. Yeah, Donald was there once in a while. They did a great comic book series in the um, 90s called Mickey Mouse Adventures, where he was like a spy. Wow. Uh, and I always thought that would have transferred really well to a TV series. Yeah. But it never happened. Huh. I'm sorry um, to hear that. That's rough. I feel like that would be a cool a cool setup. I might have to track down that comic. Yeah, there was like 19 issues, and they're all actually pretty good. Uh-huh. Um, sometimes he's paired with Goofy. Kind of his, like, uh, Watson uh-huh. His his bumbling Watson type character. Yeah, yeah. But he travels all over the world wow. in disguise. That is awesome. Well, maybe we should just go ahead and include a you know, a, a Mickey attraction based on that comic book. And then we can just call it um you know, <laughs> Disney, Disney Cartoon Universe. Universe. Right. Cartooniverse. Tooniverse, yeah. I like that. Oh, I like that too. Okay. Well, we kind of fell into it backwards, but I like that. <laughs> <laughs> this is just called the Tooniverse. The Tooniverse. You want to do that? You you down with that? Yeah, that, that works. Okay, cool. That works. That sounds really cool too. Or we so, could even we could even specify call it the Disney Afternoon Tooniverse because yeah. the Disney Afternoon has become synonymous with more than just the time of day. Yeah, it's I a think. it's a it's a brand. So we should just yeah. go with that brand anyway. By the end of by the time we get here, we're like, well, we could have just called it Disney Afternoon <laughs> Land, <laughs> but eh, oh well. Tooniverse well, sounds yeah. fun, and then people realize <laughs> that it's not just the time of day; it's like that specific block. We're talking about the Disney Afternoon cartoons, so that's yeah. where the tune part comes from. Okay, <laughs> right on. <laughs> wow. Okay, that was that was a challenge. I'm glad <laughs> cool. we got to the bottom of that. <laughs> could you tell us a little bit about your podcast that you're that you work on? Yeah, uh, it's called Saturday Morning Rewind, and uh, we do interviews with a lot of voice actors. We've interviewed quite a few people from these shows. We actually just had a whole month dedicated to DuckTales characters, <laughs> interviewing some of the remaining voice actors who are still alive. Mm-hmm. And um, You've got tons of big names on that show. Like Over yeah. the years, the, the podcast has been going since 2012, I think. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, five years. Yeah, that's amazing. And so many big names. You know, it's it's really impressive. Like, it's it's impressive that these people would just be willing to give up their time and be on a podcast, and it's great. Well, these people use their voice for right. a living, right? True. Uh, and Good point. You would you would think you would think that you know they might not want to do something where they're not getting paid for it to use their voice, but mm-hmm. honestly, I've only met a couple of them who are jerks. Yeah. Um, for the most part, these are the sweetest people you could ever hope to meet. That's and, great. um, you know, they really, cause they have to deal with a lot being, you know, like the voice of a lot of people's childhood right? because not everyone is functioning with all of their faculties and, and some people are slower and some people are more aggressive. Some people don't know comfort zones. And, and so they have to deal with a lot of different types of people whenever it comes to doing conventions and doing things like this. So I, I think that they are the nicest people you could ever hope to meet. And, um, yeah, they do a lot of cons. They do a lot of stuff, but it's always great to just talk to them on a show. Yeah. And in addition to the voice actors that we interview, which I'm very rarely on the interview episodes, mm-hmm. um, Tim, who was the founder of the podcast, does most of those. But yeah. every, every month, he and I have an episode where we sit down and talk about 
just cartoons that we grew up loving. Mm-hmm. And that's our cartoon talk. Uh, interviews on the first and third Monday. Cartoon talk on the second Monday. And then a new show started called Video Game Rewind, where we talk. I'm not on that very often. But um, they it's uh, Tim and Jacob, and they talk about their favorite video games growing up. So a lot of variety as long as you love 80s and 90s nerdy pop culture stuff. All three of those show types, I've, I've definitely started to to get into a lot of the backlog. Mm-hmm. And they're all they're all awesome. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's really fun stuff. Yeah, I I just I love podcasts. I love conversations and like it's so cool to be able to be in on these. It's like you're in on the interview almost. Mm-hmm. You know, you get to to hear firsthand the questions being asked and the responses, and it's so genuine and so direct and ah, it's a cool medium. It's awesome. It is, yeah. And if you know, if mm-hmm. you're dealing with great conversationalists and people who are truly friendly, like. That makes it that much mm-hmm. easier. So to find out more about our show, you can go to www.saturdaymorningrewind.com or find us on YouTube. They just started a YouTube show. Uh, we're all over the place. Just look in. Uh, just look up Saturday Morning Rewind and you'll find us. Yeah, you've got pretty good uh, internet coverage there for sure. <laughs> yeah, um, we're, we're trying to conquer it all. Yeah, and so the YouTube stuff, that's like toy unboxing. What other kind mm-hmm. of stuff are you putting up there? Uh, I'm going to be doing a segment on that every now and then where I review not so much unboxing, but where I just talk about older toys that I had. I've got a big basket sitting behind me full of toys that either are unopened or may already be open, but they're just really neat things to talk about. So, cool. yeah, yeah. I, I love toys as well. That's one of my other like driving passions, uh, you know, <laughs> old animation, video games, regular games and toys. That's and theme parks. Is and there then, anything else? Podcasts. Uh, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> Covered if all you my ask bases. My wife, she'd probably tell you, yeah, there's nothing else for him. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Cool. Yeah. Thank you for being on. Thanks for for being a, a a good sport with that tornado thing. Like that was. Oh, just... dude, that was so much fun. Thank you for having me on. It's uh, absolute blast. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, If you wouldn't mind, giving us a review on iTunes or whatever podcast store you use to find these episodes would be super, super helpful. Um, Giving higher reviews to a podcast makes sure that it's seen by more people and found more easily. So that would definitely help the show to continue to grow. We did recently reach our 1,000th download, which is pretty exciting. Um, You know, considering this is such an amateur thing that only comes out every three weeks, uh, it's exciting for me. So hopefully we'll continue to grow from here, and uh, especially if you guys can help out and and leave a review somewhere. And I would also like to start uh, recommending podcasts. Obviously, I'm I'm a huge fan of podcasts. That's why I do my own. That's why so many of my my guests so far have been from podcasts I already listened to. So... um, Speaking with the kind of Disney theme for this episode, I'd like to recommend Golden Horseshoe Review Podcast. They review and discuss different Disney attractions that they have at their theme parks. Um, and it's just, they've got an, an interesting dynamic and it's kind of a good back and forth between the hosts of that show. So uh, if you like Disney theme parks, check out Golden Horseshoe Review on your podcast app. Cool. Have a great time, everybody. See you in three weeks.